Midwifery for the People is a podcast about reimagining the way we approach the entirety of the birthing year. Margot's goal is to combine her radical imagination with her knack for strategizing to bolster the birth revolution and a larger global revolution of feminine consciousness. Midwifery for the People is a production of the Indie Birth Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Now here's your host, Michael Blackstone. Today we are going to talk about a topic that I get asked about all the time, and I've been meaning to create this podcast episode for a while, like a long, long while, and I'm excited to do that today. And that topic is going into birth work before having children of your own. So I get this question a lot here at Indie Birth, both from aspiring future doulas as well as aspiring and future midwives. And it comes up so often and is something that I feel like I am uniquely positioned to speak to because I have the experience of going into birth work before having children of my own. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. And so I just want to start off with a little bit about the motivation of asking this question. A lot of people are asking out of fear or worry, concern that if they go into birth work before having their own children, that people won't hire them, they won't take them seriously, that maybe they won't be able to relate to them as well. And so that I get that is a concern and a fear and a worry. I didn't really feel that way, and I'll talk about that more in a little bit. But like I said, it's really common, and I guess I just want to name that. That is where that's coming from. And I could talk all day about limiting beliefs around self-worth and how that looks and shows up in birth work and business, but I won't. But I'll just say this is filed under that category in my brain of, oh, this is just a thing that you need to work through, and hopefully this podcast is one of those things that will help you do that. Let's see, what else did I want to say about that? Again, this comes from both aspiring doulas and midwives. I'm going to speak to the midwife experience, but I think a lot of it overlaps and is applicable to both. So regardless of what sort of birth work you want to do, if you're in this boat and you have this question, this podcast episode should help you. Okay, so let's dive in. Uh, I just wanted to also just right up front tell you my general perspective. This is my 30-second answer that I give people, and then I'll give you the longer answer. But the 30-second answer is um, I actually don't think that it is better to go into birth work having had your own kids or having not had your own kids. I don't think one is better than the other. I think they are different, though. I think there are some big differences, yeah, in attending births and attending to women and families during the childbearing year before and after having kids of your own. And so I guess let's just talk about a few of the logistical ones to get them out of the way. Before having kids in general, people typically have more time to study. They might have more time and flexibility in terms of meeting with clients or going the extra mile with them. There's less to juggle and there's less pieces to this puzzle of living the on-call life. And so there's some major benefits for sure. 
And then after having kids, and this is just like the super quick summary, right? After having kids, there are some benefits too, namely, but and this is a double-edged sword, namely that they can relate more to clients in terms of actually having physically gone through this process in this lifetime, in this body. And, and I'm going to talk about how that's looked for me and my experience. Because like I said, this could mean that someone maybe has more empathy. It might mean they have less. It also might mean that they, I guess what I'm saying is having had children of your own, it will color your birth work in a way that is not not able to be set aside no matter how much work you do, right? Like you've had your experience and therefore that experience will impact the way that you are a doula or a midwife. And that can be both a pro and a con depending on your experience and all kinds of other things. So those are just the basics. Oh, I guess I also didn't mention after having kids, just the inverse is true of what I've already mentioned. Pre-having kids, you have less time after having kids, probably less sleep. It's a little bit harder, I think, to be on call, both in terms of the childcare stuff and also energy levels in my experience and from what I've learned from the many birth workers that I interact with here at Any Birth. So those things are true as well. Yeah. And okay, so we're going to get into it. Those are just the basics. So I want to tell you a little bit about my story and it starts... My midwifery story starts when I was 21. I was in graduate school. I was not happy with the path I was on, studying domestic violence policy work. I was looking for a change. I've told this story other places as well, so I won't get into every detail of it. But long story short, I found the world of birth work. I had known a doula who was in my my bachelor pro, bachelor's program. I have a degree in women's and gender studies and there was a woman in the program who was a doula. And so I started looking into that, trying to figure out like what's my next move here. Found midwifery as well. Really long story short, started apprenticing with Marin not long after that. So right before that must have been right before my 22nd birthday. So I attended my first birth as an apprentice midwife when I was 21. I had never been pregnant. And like I said, this worry or concern around not having kids didn't really even cross my mind. And I don't know why that is. I Maybe it's because I got thrown into doing birth work so immediately that I didn't have time to formulate those worries. Maybe it's just that I'm like, sort of overconfident sometimes in some ways, or maybe it's because I just felt so certain that this path was right for me that it didn't factor in. Between the time of understanding that home birth midwifery was still a real thing that happened in this world, and me going with Marin to prenatals was like under three months. Like I said, it wasn't a lot of time to just like hem and haw and be wringing my hands. And once I was actually doing the work, I think I think it came up for sure like people would ask oh do you have kids or they I, I looked so young that they would just assume that I didn't or I think that it was there in the background and I'm sure I thought about it and I remember one of our first clients one of Marin's first clients where I was going along I think it was that summer after I started apprenticing she was about my age I think she was maybe even a tiny bit younger like we were born the maybe 
yeah, within a year of each other or something. And she was having a baby and I was just like, oh, okay, this, this could be me soon if I wanted it. I didn't know, I guess that's part of my story too. I didn't have friends who had babies yet. I was, I was 21 and some people certainly do have friends that have had babies by that age. And I did not. This whole world even of mothering and all of it was brand new to me. And I just was soaking it up and was so intrigued and loved getting to learn in this apprenticeship experience. And so let's see, what else did I want to say about that? Yeah, there were definitely moments. So I guess I'll fast forward a tiny bit, give you a little teaser. I had my daughter, Celosia, in 2014. I started apprenticing in, oh boy, wait, 2011. Yeah, so it was three and a half years into my apprenticeship that I had my daughter. And so in those three and a half years, I definitely had this sense, especially with clients that I got close with and had really strong friendships with around, oh, I'm not really part of the club. That was a feeling that I had sometimes. They would often like not invite me to birthday parties or probably assuming that I had other like cool young person things to do and I totally didn't. So there were definitely moments of feeling like sad and left out because I wasn't in the kid club. But looking back, I probably could have expressed that and gotten invited (laughs) to those sorts of things if I really had wanted to. But just something to be aware of, which maybe isn't that unusual of a concept if you're someone who hasn't had kids and you're considering birth work and you're older you maybe already have experience with that feeling left out of that group so anyways wanted to speak to that a tiny bit but as far as studying midwifery and actually attending births it was so easy breezy in a lot of ways during that time I didn't have to figure out childcare. I just did what I did it was tricky to be on call and try to make money some other way like it is for everyone, but I did some babysitting on the side for a woman who had a home birth. I wasn't at that one, but um, I was in that world in that way. And actually, it was two two moms that had home births. One was with Marin. I watched their kiddos, and they knew if I needed to go to a birth that obviously I was going to go to it. So that worked out really nicely. But yeah, overall, logistically, it was very straightforward. I had plenty of time to study. Um, And it was a really nice way to, I think, get used to being on call and living the midwife life, student midwife life at this point, before also having to try to juggle it with kids, which I haven't really put these words to it before until this very moment. So you're hearing my innermost thoughts here. I don't know if I would have been able to do it after having my kids, if it had happened the exact same way that it did. And who can say? Maybe maybe having babies and the postpartum was harder for me because I was also midwifing. Maybe it wouldn't have, I don't know. But anyways, that's just a thought that came to me. Like the way that my, especially postpartum experiences have been with my two kids, it would have been really hard to be entering into midwifery and the on-call life from that place. And I probably would have been one of those people who waited till I was older, honestly. But that's neither here nor there. I'm trying to paint you a picture of how this evolved and how my approach to birth work and experience of birth work evolved over, yeah, over time. That's a little bit about the before. I guess I also wanted to share, I had two miscarriages before having my daughter, Celosia. Both of them were in 2013. And I could do a whole podcast about that and maybe I will, but 
it was really it was really hard to after especially after the second one to wonder in that place of just like total darkness am I ever gonna have a baby and then with the birth work layered on top of that like how is that gonna impact my birth work if I can't or don't or what if I just keep having miscarriages and attending births in that time period was really hard I think I only did a couple I think we Marin I'm trying to think I think there were just a few and one of them was little bit after and sometimes the details get fuzzy looking back a couple years here but more than a couple years uh it was around the time that I would have had the first baby like later in 2013 and so that was really hard and I remember driving home crying and probably crying leading up to it too just wondering like how's this gonna be to be at this birth and again those big questions around can I be a birth worker if I don't have kids not because other people wouldn't trust me not because other people wouldn't see my value as a midwife but could I psychologically handle that and I'm very dramatic I'm a Pisces and that might sound a little crazy to people listening but that's where my head was at and it was a really hard time for sure And so let's see. Okay, those are those early years pre-having kids. I guess I did want to say a little bit around, and I think this is true. I think this would be true no matter what, even if I had started apprenticing after having kids. But I was just sharing this with someone yesterday. Yeah, yesterday actually. That for the first bunch of births that I went to, I want to say 15 or 20, the first 15 or 20, I would have to like mentally tell myself as we're sitting in the labor space, like a baby is going to come out of there. What? My mind was just blown. And even knowing, knowing it was going to happen, but repeating that to myself every few minutes as we're like watching this woman labor or, or we're hearing her labor in the other room or whatever, it was just like a lot to take in. And so I think that would have been the case either way, even if I had a baby and pushed one out of my own vagina first, there's just this total mindfuckery in terms of like it actually happening and, and witnessing it the first bunch of times. I still think it's magical, but I definitely don't have that same like level of having to prepare myself, not for the moment necessarily even, but just what are we doing here? Anyways, uh, so that I think would be true regardless. And then I'm just trying to think about how else to describe being at birth before having had a kid. I think that I was emotionally tuned in to the experience without having to know what the sensations actually felt like. I think I did a really pretty good job and who knows if that can be said for everyone. But looking back, I feel if I had young 22 year old me at my labors doing the things that I was doing as a 22 year old student midwife, student birth worker, I probably would have appreciated it. I think I held good space. I think I was able to be respectful of all of it, the mystery, the necessary energy, all of it. I definitely was young, so I don't know if that's just being young or being new to birth work or whatever, but I think in general, I was pretty good at showing up to births, even without having had children of my own. And I think without knowing the intensity myself, it was maybe, and I think this could go either way. I think there are people, I've seen this actually go both ways. Um, 
There are people who think it's way worse than it actually is from the outside. Like I've seen sisters at a birth or friends at a birth or whatever, or partners who are like, this must be just so horrible and really take that on and have a lot of weird kind of pity energy. Um, And then I think you can also go the other way and be like, oh, must not be that bad. Like, having not experienced. And then the truth of the matter is we actually never know what the intensity level of an experience is for for a laboring woman. And so when we show up, whether we've had kids or not, we have to just do our best to tune in and hold space in the way that woman needs in that moment. I'm getting a little lost here. Sorry, but going to births as someone who had never had kids, I feel like I did a pretty good job striking a balance between not being callous to it being an intense experience and also not like over um, dramatizing or over pitying people either. And I don't know where that skill comes from or if others would verify that, but I think I did a pretty good job. Anyways, just to make you the listener feel better, I just wanted to reflect that as someone who has now gone to birth also as someone who has had a child as well. Um, I don't think that everyone is capable of doing that. Just I don't think everyone's like capable of doing a good job at births as a doula or midwife. So that's not to say that all people who haven't had kids would show up in that way. If you're going to be good at going to births, I think it's not going to matter whether you've had a baby or not. There we go. That was the kernel of truth I was looking to impart to you. Uh, that if you are someone who is going to be good in the birth space, you're going to be good no matter what, either before or after having children. It's just going to be colored a little bit differently. Okay, so let's talk a little bit then about after having kids. And I'm actually going to break it down into after having had my daughter, my first baby, first live birth, a first full-term baby. I like to specify that sometimes. And since I brought up my miscarriages, I guess I will do that here as well. And then also after having had my son who was born in 2019. So let's talk first about after having had my first baby, again, not going to rehash her whole story. That is out there in many forms, including on an episode that you can find in the podcast archives. Her name is Celosia Pearl. There's also a birth video of hers you could watch on YouTube, which has been viewed, I can't even remember how many million times now, but a lot. Long story short, haha, it is a long story. Her birth was almost three days long from the beginning of contractions that I could not ignore, that I had to breathe through and work through until she was born. And it was really hard. It was the biggest physical challenge of my life and in a lot of ways it was really really amazing too of course I came out the other side feeling just super triumphant and like I did it and was really glad to have this story to be able to share with people to to try to normalize a variety of things not just long labors but also some of my other health stuff that was involved in that pregnancy and birth and the miscarriage all of it so I'm not gonna talk about that right now necessarily but um yeah that was the prevailing feeling on the other side was like oh my gosh I did it and yes now I am in this club I am a student midwife who I almost was done with apprenticing I was moving into that primary role and 
here I was. I'd had a home birth myself and that felt really good. And like I said, one of the primary fears around this question is that people won't take you seriously if you haven't had a baby. That was not my experience. I do not think that's true. And yet, here's the nuance, right? I think something does shift once you have had a baby, especially if you're a home birth midwife and you've had a home birth yourself. There's just a layer of credibility or just a layer of experience, like personal direct experience that people do see has been my experience. And they, I don't know that they value your opinion more. I don't think that's true, but I think they take take your birth work a little bit differently than prior to having had especially a home birth yourself if you're a home birth midwife. If you're a doula and you have a home birth and you have clients that are not planning home births, I've seen this be both good and bad from the outside as a doula trainer. Bad's maybe a strong word. There are some clients who will really want to work with you because you've had that home birth, like you did it at home outside the medical establishment. They know that those are some of your key values And even if they're wanting a hospital birth, they might look to you as someone who can sort of Sherpa them, right? Guide them to having a more natural experience, even in the hospital. They might also, if someone's looking around and interviewing doulas and they learn that you had a home birth, which you totally don't even have to disclose, but most people do talk about their own birth experiences. And But yeah, they hear you had a home birth and they're planning a hospital birth. They might not hire you because they think your values might not line up. And that might be a, actually a good thing too. I'm not going to get into that right now, but just talking through some of the ramifications of doing birth work after having had children of your own and the choices that you made when doing so. So yeah, back to me though, Uh, back to me and midwifery in particular, home birth midwifery. I think a layer of credibility certainly was added from an outsider's perspective. I felt that after having had my baby at home. I also feel I'm envisioning, we moved here when she was almost two, is that right? And I started my practice here and some of those early workshops that I taught here and also in in Sedona after having had her, I just can remember there just being a different weight it felt like to what I was saying and also being able to show my own birth video at workshops and teaching about birth. There's something to be said for that. And often the people, the feedback from people that attend those workshops are like, oh my gosh, that was so cool to see you have a baby at home without medication, whatever. And to know that I've met you now in real life, like you're a real person and like you're a relatable person. You're not a superhero. There's just something to having that kind of story, embodied story. And then also this visual story of my experience and being able to share that with people that's really inspiring. And like I said, just has a stronger weight to it. And I think it's that story piece. Like humans love story. They connect with storytelling And so to have my own story to tell, and I've only had the experience of having had two successful home births. So I don't know that I can speak to what it would be like to be a home birth midwife after perhaps a home birth transport or a hospital birth or a vaginal hospital birth or a cesarean birth. I don't know what that would be like. Um, If that would have that same if those experiences would then carry that same weight, I don't have personal experience with that. So I can't speak to it. Although I do know many midwives who have 
had children of their own and not had a vaginal birth or not had a home birth themselves. And that would be a really cool podcast to listen to, um, a cool episode to listen to if someone wants to make one out there, or maybe they already have, but I can't make that episode because that was not my experience. So yeah. So after having my daughter, I feel, and maybe it was an internal shift even, maybe I subconsciously did think I maybe wasn't as valuable before having a baby as a midwife valuable as a midwife before having a baby but and maybe that then that shifted and so maybe it was me that shifted not other people's perceptions it's hard to say but but I do feel like coming to a new community being a home birth midwife and saying I've had a home birth myself meant something to the clients that hired me who's to say if they would have hired me anyways if I still had not had a baby I have no idea, but those are just some reflections I wanted to share on that piece. And then my actual midwifing, how that shifted. Um, I don't feel like after her birth, it did shift that a whole lot for me. Uh, I think it made me a better midwife for women who are having long labors because it was something that I had personally had experience with now that I felt like I could be more of how do I even explain this like I always supported women having long labors like I think I always did a good job of that and Marin has done an amazing job of that and that was part of what got me through my own long labor was having seen other two or three day long labors as well as a student but I think after experiencing that myself that at that 24 or 48 hour mark uh, if someone was struggling emotionally and mentally with that it just gave me a lot more confidence to have like a positive conversation with them about what to expect not that we can ever guarantee anything but let's just say for example someone's at that 48 hour mark and they're like oh my gosh how much longer is this gonna be I think it was different for those clients to look at me and be like and I even had some women look at me and be like you did this I can't believe you did this and I'm like I can't believe you're doing it this is so great just kidding I don't ever say I can't believe you're doing it but there was a camaraderie and like a my story was part of their experience and for some of them they were like that's what's making me feel like I can go on And then what I had to be careful of was that I would never say, I did it, so can you, right? Which I would never say, but to not let it impact the way that I counseled people. It's just something that I'm aware of. And so if someone's in a long labor situation, I still want to make sure I'm just holding a little 1% extra space. If you don't feel like this is a good idea to continue being at home, I fully support that too. So I try to make sure that I balance out this story that I'm bringing into the space and that this mom maybe even knows about my own long labor experience. Trying to balance that with, that doesn't mean that has to be your story. And it doesn't necessarily mean that one more day is all it's going to be. It might be two more days, or it might be that this baby doesn't come out vaginally. Like my story is not your story. And so making sure, and that I think is, here's another kernel of wisdom, little gold nugget that I really want you to take home after having had a baby and being a birth worker, this is now the complex, the complexity that brings. So there's a simplicity in never having had your own experience. And so bringing yourself as a blank slate 
Although sometimes, okay, and so this is backing up a little, sometimes bringing a naivete or like a Pollyanna attitude to the experience isn't necessarily that helpful either if you've not had children of your own. But here we are on the other side. And right, so this is the... This is something that we need to be aware of and something we talk about with our Indie Birth Midwifery School students. If you've had a baby, you've had your own birth experiences, you have to be conscious of them and not let them leak into other people's stories and really try to balance them out in those conversations um, and in your own counseling that you're giving so that this mom has the space to make this her own story as best as she can. So... That's one of the take-homes for sure. And then I want to talk also about my midwifery after having my second baby, which I think actually shifted my midwifing. I'm not even sure what language I'm trying to use here, and I am a midwife, haha. My, my approach as a midwife shifted, I think, more after having my second baby than it did after having my first And I think that's because during my pregnancy with Arrow, who was born in 2019, my little guy, he's so cute, I was here in Duluth and Marin was in Arizona. I had moved away. And so not that we did prenatal care, and I'm doing air quotes here, with Celosia's pregnancy, but I saw her all the time. She definitely felt my belly a number of occasions. Um just we were seeing each other more often. And so even though we didn't do prenatal care, it felt like I had more in-person support during that pregnancy from a midwife. And so this, the second go around with Arrow, which really was the fourth, but for simplicity's sake, the second go around, second full-term pregnancy, I didn't have that. We of course talk on the phone all the time, but I didn't really have someone to feel my belly. I did actually go to Arizona when I think I was 19 weeks. I think I went twice that pregnancy actually, but, um, so she did get to feel my belly and I had another midwife friend feel my belly and my lovely apprentice at the time would feel my belly sometimes, but it felt largely like I was, and it's funny because it really wasn't that big of a shift from the first time with Celosia, but it felt more like I was doing it on my own. And that pregnancy really shifted. And then I also, I guess this is the other reason, I had my own clients at that point. And so when I was pregnant with Celosia, I was still a student. I was still, I was the student at appointments with Marin. And after she was born, I finished up my apprenticeship. I did a high volume birth center also at the end there. And that was really the, but I wasn't really the primary. They weren't really my clients. I was the primary, but I didn't have the relationship with them that I then would have now with a client here in my own practice. And I had my own clients. And then pretty quickly after that, I had Arrow. And so I was developing my personality as I'm sure I will continue to, but I was really developing intensely my new midwife personality starting in whatever year that was, 2017? Is that right? No. Could that be? Yes, it is. 2017. And he was born in 2019. So I had a little while before I got pregnant. I was just a baby midwife. And in a lot of ways, I still am. But where am I going with this is had my own clients. I was like doing the thing. I'm a midwife. And then I got pregnant and did it on my own without having a midwife. And that really started to open me up to even 
more questions around what is this prenatal care that I'm doing? Not that it was overly clinical and not that it was not what I wanted to be doing, but just this, if I don't need this, did they need this? And what do I need as a pregnant woman? Would I love? What would the ideal perfect prenatal kind of scenario look like? And just had me asking a lot of questions. And then for the birth, second home birth for me, and maybe I'm skipping ahead. Okay, let's go back to the pregnancy part because I think I'm not being super clear with that. It's not that I had this realization of like, why, like I shouldn't do prenatal care anymore. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is maybe my clients, maybe I've been taking my role as midwife too seriously. Maybe I've been giving myself still too much credit and how can I back off more? And I'm still asking these questions. These are, he's almost three at the moment of this recording and his pregnancy and birth have definitely ricocheted these questions forward to now even. How do I want to do this in a way that feels more in alignment with what I think I would have needed and wanted, but not also, again, not letting that color it fully because I'm not everyone. And so it definitely shifted uh, that for me. Just It almost felt like I removed another 5 or 10% of the responsibility that I was feeling for clients, I just got rid of that because I realized I'm doing great and fine and had a really awesome pregnancy and didn't, and I had 0% of that. I think I needed more than 0%, but I didn't need just this full on someone taking so much responsibility. And so I've tried to let that carry over and I'm still playing around with how that looks. And then as far as the birth part, it was really hard. It was much shorter, but it was really hard. I had to work really hard to get him out. In a lot of ways, it was more painful than my daughter's birth, even though it wasn't as long and exhausting. And there were definitely moments that were, I don't want to say scary. Yeah, I guess there were scary moments in my daughter's birth where the question was like, can I keep going? Like, how long can I do this for? And they were the same questions with my son, the same mental thing happening for me, except it was like, not how many more hours, but like how many more minutes can I handle this amount of pain and intensity and discomfort because I had some weird stuff going on but but in the end he came out again at home it was great there's a video there's a story you can read all about it but uh, I came out the other side of that I guess backing up just giving a few more details Marin was flying to Duluth she had we had picked a day and I was in labor actually while she was flying I was in early labor and I was really hoping the baby would stay in and my whole pregnancy and this is counter to the pregnancy experience that I just shared a little bit about but during the pregnancy I had been like if Marin doesn't make it it's gonna be fine I guess that's just what was supposed to happen but then in the moment when I was like oh shit she really might not make it I might have this baby before she gets here I realized how not fine I felt about that. I really wanted someone there, and I'm so grateful that she was, with, again, just how hard it was for me again the second time. I'm just not somebody who has super, not that, it's so tricky. I was about to say, I'm not somebody who has super easy, fast labors and births, but even people who do have easy, fast labors and births, sometimes with another baby will have one that's harder. So there's really no predicting, but gosh, was I so glad that she was there. And so that also, what do I want to say about that? 
I don't know that massively shifted the way that I show up to births, but I think it gave me some insight into just again, how it can be challenging even with a second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth baby, um, that I didn't have, again, as someone who had never had a child or as someone who had only had one baby after a really hard, long birth. That's the narrative is that, or that's the understanding I think amongst midwives and birth workers is that first babies can often be really challenging and that in the future it becomes easier. I had the experience that it was easier, but it was still very hard for me with my second baby. So I think that gave me a degree, a new degree of empathy and perspective that I didn't have before that. And then again, I think to a much subtler degree, having had now two successful home births under my belt has, again, just added that little bit more weight to my storytelling and my teaching in my community and with my clients that wasn't there before. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else, especially around the that yeah it's mostly around the prenatal care that I feel like that second pregnancy and birth really changed things for me but I do think it extends into the birth and postpartum time as well I just feel that experience really my second my son's pregnancy and birth really made me back off a little bit as a midwife and I was an maybe over eager young new midwife before that and it tempered that a little bit for me and wizened me (laughs) so to speak and yeah those are some of the reflections I really just wanted to share today on this episode Uh, to sum it up again I don't think that it is better or worse to go into birth work having had children or having not had children I think each has its own set of challenges and things to work through and At the end of the day, though, if you're someone who's listening to this and you're like, I haven't had a baby yet and I want to become a doula, I want to become a midwife, my overwhelming advice for you is to go for it and to do it because especially for the studying part, for learning the on-call life, like I think that you will, who knows, everyone's story is different, but I think you'll probably really be glad that you did start beforehand, even if you take a break to have babies in the middle. That's definitely something that people do. It's not how I did it, but I totally get why people do that. Yeah, there's no one-size-fits-all approach to this, but if you're sitting there and you're really feeling the call to birth work, don't let this be the reason that you don't do it. Don't let it be because you're afraid people won't take you seriously because you haven't had a baby. Don't let it be because you're young. Again, I was 21 at the first birth that I attended. Yeah, don't let it be for those reasons. And I hope that in my sharing you've heard these three different phases of mine, my pre-baby, and maybe there's even more than three. There was like pre-baby, there's also post-miscarriage, but pre-baby, and then after having my daughter and after having my son, and each time it's changed me and it's changed my approach. Um, And I do think that my experiences have made me wiser, but I think that whatever your story is, whatever your path is in this life, right? Like not just in birth work, but outside birth work, like you'll get the lessons you need to evolve and grow and become the best version of 
a doula or a midwife that you can be. In other words, there's no time like the present. So start now. If you want to be a doula, our our doula training program is really incredible. It's Someone just last week said, oh, I did a doula training and I was just doing this for personal development. And oh my gosh, this is the most comprehensive doula training I've ever seen. And the business support is incredible. And there's just testimonial after testimonial from both already trained doulas who are taking it to to bump up their skills and people who've never trained as a doula before. It's just absolutely incredible. So if that's something you're interested in, check out, I'm not going to probably give the link here in case it changes, but check that out on our website, indiebirth.org. There's tons of information there and you can set up a call with our team to talk through your options. And if you're wanting to become a midwife, our Indie Birth Midwifery School is unparalleled, which I want to do a whole episode about soon. In as positive positive of a way as I can. I don't want to disparage other programs at all, but if you resonate with the values of autonomy and freedom, critical thinking, nuance, all of this, like our school is the school for you. We just had somebody who was like, oh, I'm just wondering if I'm going to get as good of an education on the clinical stuff as I would at blank, this other school. And I know people who went to blank and their clinical education, or at least what they retained from it is not great. And so I had no problem telling this woman, yeah, you're going to get all of that. You're going to get the clinical, you're going to get the, the information, right. About this more Western midwifery through our program, but you're also going to get so much more than that. You're going to get beyond that. We're going to expand beyond that. And we're also going to share alternative perspectives. We're going to look at the history. We're going to look at your personal spiritual journey and development and how that incorporates into your midwifery work. Like it's, yeah, it's all the best stuff from other programs, but combined into one really cohesive thing that is just an amazing program. And anyways, like I said, maybe I'll share more about that another day. But if you're sitting here wondering, should I become a doula? Should I become a midwife? Even though I haven't had a baby yet. If you're asking me, the answer is yes. And we would love to help you move forward on that path and keep asking these really great questions, exploring these fears and worries and concerns because you probably have other ones too. As soon as you feel like you're maybe ready, Because most people don't ever feel like ready before they take the leap. But if you're feeling pretty ready to take the leap, definitely contact us. And we would be so happy to get you the resources you need, answer your questions, point you in the right direction, all of that. Don't be a stranger. We love talking with our community. So that's it for me today. I hope that was helpful. I'd love to hear your feedback and your own experiences with this. If you're someone who has them, you can share that in the comments. You can always email me at margo at indiebirth.org. I, like I said, would love to hear from you. Uh, That's it from me for now. If you enjoyed what you heard, please hit the subscribe button and give this podcast a five-star review. For more enriching content and conversation around the primal physiological process that is pregnancy, birth, and beyond, please head over to IndieBirth.org. And if you are in the Duluth area seeking prenatal and midwifery support, you can find Margot at DuluthMidwife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.